If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Grab your popcorn and sit back. <laughs> Jump the gun. Oh, no, give me more than that. Okay, go this way. That was dumb. We are. Happy Action Monday to everyone in the sports universe. It is Monday, October the 10th, 2022. This is the AM Drive on our Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook pages. Four thumbs up to me, action. I am Michael Carvelis. What's up, thumbs up? Good morning, Michael. You know, it's funny. There are people say the NFL is so unpredictable. I think it's easy to predict. There's always going to be good games, referees are always going to suck, and Baker Mayfield is terrible. It's easy. Every week, same thing happens. <laughs> What's funny? That So I've learned my lesson ever since then, but one of my first years, so I actually like really tried to like scout quarterbacks. I, I liked Baker Mayfield, but then I realized how stupid I was because I realized Lincoln Riley controlled that offense and everyone looks good. So it wasn't just like, you know, how good they threw or how open the guy was. It was like, where did he place the ball? But man, Baker, yeah, he's not very good. Yeah, how about the worst? The worst quarterback rating in football. Worse than Trubisky. Oh, yeah. It's okay, Mitch. It's okay. Our show is brought to you by our website, MikeAndAaronDrive.com. <clears throat> I'm Sammy, too. It's got our sponsors, shops, socials, and YouTube. Visit our website today to support the show and find everything you need to watch or, like I said, support. Also, because the Ravens did win on Sunday Night Football, we're going to do free shipping on the shop. Code Tucker9. My boy Justin. I'm going to listen. Lamar Jackson was great. I was flirting with doing Duvernay as the promo code here. We're going to do Tucker9, though. That was like he deserves it. He was just automatic again. I feel like everyone in the stadium felt like they were anxious about that kick. I'm like, guys, it's okay. It's Justin Tucker. You're good. But Mr. Automatic over there did a great job. And we're going to talk about that game first. And if you're watching or listening live or around the same week, it expires Saturday the 15th. So get the free shipping while you can. Free shipping. We're like fanatics, man. We're doing pretty good. No. Sunday night football. Ravens, of course, did beat the Bengals, Sammy, 19 to 17. Um, Bengals fought around. But I, I, to me, in this game, after watching it, and full disclosure, I slept through the live, so I had to watch the replay. I feel like the Ravens just kind of dominated this football game. Like, the Bengals should – yeah, they led late and, and deservedly so sometimes, but I feel like most of this was just Ravens not not making the plays when they had to. But I feel like Ravens were by far, in my opinion, the better football team. Yeah, I, I mean, this game came down to the Ravens' defense finally showing up, right? I mean, yep. uh, the Bengals have, you know, these three gazelle wide receivers. They can throw the ball over the field. But, like, last night it just wasn't the case. Uh, the, the secondary of the Ravens held strong, and Burrow was having a tough night all night long. Uh, you know, and good for them for getting the lead, like you said. But when you have Justin Tucker on the other side, no, uh, no single-digit lead like that is safe. <laughs> right, and, and I don't want to say that like Lamar Jackson expendable or that kickers don't, you know, aren't, you know, um, like better than quarterbacks. But Sammy, this might be a stupid take, but as good as Tyler Huntley played last year in the same offense, I feel like. 
the guy I wouldn't want to get rid of is Justin Tucker because that is invaluable. That is three points every drive from like the 40. That that's it. That's invaluable. Like Lamar Jackson, we saw him miss quite a like some like three or four just wide open shots where a guy was beat. I'm like, I I really have Justin Tucker right now. I, I love Lamar Jackson. That's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I love Justin Tucker. I mean, he's probably the greatest to ever do it in the, in the history of the sport. But uh, they, they talked about this on the telecast, actually, and it's a really good point. The Ravens have drafted and put together their whole team to build around Lamar Jackson. Now, while, while other players, you know, Huntley, other guys can come in and perform well in this offense, this offense is built so that Lamar Jackson can shine. And not paying him and letting him walk means you have to retool basically everything. Because uh, there isn't another Lamar Jackson just like wandering around, right? We can't just like pick a guy up off the street and be like, oh, you can, you know, you can do everything Lamar Jackson can do. So uh, if they're going to go this deep dive into putting together an offense like this, they need a guy who can run it. And Lamar Jackson, he's he's pretty damn good. What if I raise this team? It, it will never happen because Titans would be stupid. But there's a guy named Malik Willis. And Sammy, like, like, I'm, I'm real about this too. Again, I love Lamar Jackson. But there's a there's this window where teams have like they have a great team and the quarter like as soon as you overpay the quarterback and I'm saying you I'm not saying Lamar Jackson isn't worth it but as soon as you pay that quarterback things start to fall apart obviously with Mahomes that doesn't happen but you pay a guy like Lamar Jackson I'm not sure if he can elevate certain like guys who are overachieving right now. Well, and I mean, they trade for like a Malik Wilson gift like get, get a whole draft stock for him too. I mean, to be fair, they got rid of the Ravens' best wide receiver in Hollywood Brown last year, right? The guy's got essentially Mark Andrews and then guys you've never heard of to throw the ball to, and he's still putting up, you know, PlayStation, Madden, easy mode stats. I mean, uh, I don't know that you have to pay a lot of great wide receivers to play with him because he just breaks down defenses so so well. The bigger problem for Lamar is how long he will last like this, right, taking all these big hits. His longevity is the is the is the risk, and for as long as he can move like he's moving, it's hard to find anybody who can do anything like what he's doing. One thing about Lamar that I do like is even though people talk about the big hits, I don't see those happening. I just I see like I see Lamar like get like he'll fight for yards, but he'll do it like he's getting down, like as he's fighting, he's like falling and like he's not letting his legs get caught. But there's one play. Where it was almost like he wasn't trying to tear his ACL, like he was running up the middle, kind of got tangled, so he just fell down. Like that's that's huge. Like RG three could not, like did not just refuse to do that. Lamar Jackson is one of the smartest quarterback runners you'll ever see. Because not only is he super fast, but he, he falls down when he has to, and that's huge he, for his health. He is, but they said the same thing about Russell Wilson years ago, right? He was a baseball player. He had perfected the slide. He knows how to protect his body. And you see now, I mean, Russell Wilson's an old 33 years old. I mean, his <laughs> legs are gone. He's kind of, I don't, don't want to use the term washed, but he, he looks a little bit like he's tipping over that washed, you know, that washed uh, ledge. And <laughs> he's only 33. He sure is, right? you know, he's sure, um, I don't know, Sammy. It doesn't seem like a shoulder hurt, man. I said they were going to come out with something about him. It's funny, injured, but... like, the, the throws that he's missing, like, he throws off his back foot. Oh, it's all his shoulder. Give me a break. No, it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know that, that in the NFL, taking those hits, you can last that long. I mean, maybe Lamar's built a little bit differently. He's a little bit bigger and stronger than Russell Wilson is. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's difficult for any quarterback to take any amount of hits like that and have a super long career. And that's why I think the Ravens were hesitant to pay him. 
they're paying him big money this year. I mean, he's getting $25 million, I want to say, this year. Yeah, so, poor baby, right? Yeah. Last year of his big contract. Last year of his first contract. I feel like the I, I, people like to say, um, oh, you're saying the guy should get money. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying, we're realistically, if you're going to ask for the farm, you better as heck be able to like lift up guys because you're going to lose some roster spots. You're going to lose some guys who want their own, you know, you know, 10 million bucks when you're getting 50 of it, you know? That's well, Deshaun, an issue. Deshaun Watson really messed up the economy of quarterbacks looking for money, not because of the amount of money. Clearly, that's already high. But where the where the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson don't see eye to eye, and where a lot of franchises don't see eye to eye with Lamar Jackson, is the fully guaranteed money, right? In the past, you could just cut a guy who wasn't performing anymore. So his legs start to go. He's like, look, we're done with this. We're not going to do this anymore. But if you give Lamar Jackson a eight-year, you know, two hundred million dollar contract, well, the money will be similar to the franchise tag. If Lamar Jackson's legs go in year four, you're on the hook for that other hundred million for a guy you can't use anymore, and that's what scares away a lot of teams. And that's Deshaun Watson's impact on on the economy that's really doing this. This is an impact on massage rooms. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you're right about that, Sammy. Let's transition to this. It's, it's our hot seat. Um, Sammy, there's a few seats that are burning, if not completely on fire. I believe you've got two of them for um for week number, what is it, end of week five or almost end of week five here? What you got? Well, I think Nathaniel Hackett should be the, on the hottest seat, right? I think he is doing the worst job with the most talent. Uh, we have gone deep dive into some of his play calls and his decision-making, and he's gone out of his way to lose games for his team, which is the one thing a coach should never do, right? We saw yep. Brian Dable win a game for his team with his coaching decisions yesterday, and, and that's the exact opposite, right? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has made decisions that have directly caused his team to lose. But the guy who's probably going to get fired, and, and probably rightfully so, is Matt Rule. Uh, I would be surprised if he if he's there in, in even just a couple of weeks. Uh, the, the Panthers are a good team. They have talent. And this whole Baker experiment is just not working for them. Uh, and Matt Rule has no way to right this ship. He never has had the ship on the right course. And it doesn't seem like he'll ever get there. And I, I just can't see Carolina sticking with him with as bad as they've played pretty much every game since week one. Can I raise you two things here? And number one, I, I criticize Nathaniel Hackett, not for his, his decision on Thursday, but because of the fact that week one showed you he didn't trust Russell Wilson. And it turns out it was a good reason. Now it's like, why succumb to the peer pressure, dude? Why not run the ball there? I'm like, you know, you you let the fans, you know, jibber-jabber and the analysts jibber-jabber get to you. And that, to me, cannot happen. Like, if you're going to make that decision week one, and it turns out he was right – then why is he doing why is he trying to oh watch this watch when he sucks it up no you can't do that it was almost like watch russell wilson suck it up here i, I that's all i could get from that play because it was obvious they were stupid that, that's a really good point a lot of the the decisions he's made has been to make this scoreboard look better for mm -hmm. for his team to give russell wilson some stats or and and that's not that's not how you should coach, right? You should coach to win football games. And so I, I brought this point up on Thursday that the play call that where Russ throws the pick in the end zone, there should never even been a receiver in the end zone. You don't want to score a touchdown there. Instead, you just want to get the first down, kneel out the clock, and go home. Uh, but instead, he had guys running in the end zone on one-on-one -on -one coverage trying to score a touchdown, and that's that literally is to your point trying to appease fans right trying to show them we can score points we can right. you know we can trust russell wilson in tough spots and 
And it directly led to a loss, which, you know, in my opinion, is the one thing coaches should never do, uh, which is make decisions that lead to losses, directly lead to losses. And Brandon Staley made another one this week that Ooh. almost that almost cost his team, right? Like going forward on fourth and six or fourth and one and a half from the 46 yard line, only up by two, giving the ball back to Cleveland, basically in field goal range to win the game. Now, you know, the kicker for the Browns bailed him out because the kicker from the Browns is the kicker from the Browns. But Kate York, well, come on now, leave him alone here. I, I mean, he did he did miss a 40-something yarder. I mean, Justin oh. Tucker wouldn't have missed that. So, but um, you know, Staley does this stuff too, where he puts his team in positions to lose, and you just can't do it. And this is why they didn't make the playoffs last year. I, I don't know how coaches are making these decisions, getting away with it. Is Staley, is Staley's um temperature getting hotter? I mean, let's be real. Chargers have a have a dang good football team. Like that roster is stacked a, a lot. Like you can like forget the Keenan Allen has never been like I've always loved his talent and I, I love but nobody has ever I don't know why he's never had production in LA. Let's let's just call it like it is. Keenan Allen being out is not the reason that they're that they struggle sometimes. That team is well, good. Yesterday was their defense that struggled. They couldn't stop Nick Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb ran up and down the field on them, but <laughs> I mean, when you win, you forget about these decisions, right? So nobody's going to talk about Brandon Staley this week because they missed the field goal, right? And so the, the Chargers win. No one's going to go crazy. But had they made that field goal, then his temperature rises, right? Because he made a decision that directly cost them a win. Uh, but they won this week, and so he kind of gets away with it. And he's gotten away with it quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, all it takes is one of these to really get the fans going crazy that result in a loss. But that wasn't this week, but it'll happen. What about Dan Campbell um, getting shut out against Bailey Zappi or against Patriots defense, really? Yeah, that was a that was an incredible Bill Belichick performance. I mean, they, they the Lions had the number one offense in football, and they got absolutely bamboozled by that defense. But uh, a couple people made this point, and it was a very fair point, and I didn't realize it at the time. Jared Goff had played every game, the first four games, indoors. This was his <laughs> first game outside on grass. And he's traditionally not performed well outside on grass. So That's weird. It, was, it was predictable that he was going to have not this bad of a game, but not as good of a game as he'd had in previous weeks. Uh, and so it, to those who point that out, that was a really good find. I had not considered that. And I will definitely look for that going forward. Betting. Hey, um, as for Matt rule, Sammy has, I mean, to be fair, they haven't really drafted a quarterback, but do you think well, like, They've also traded for Baker. I'm like, if I'm Matt Rule, why would I even trade for Baker knowing he's the same guy as Sam Darnold, if if not slightly better? Like, like I'm wondering who made that decision to get Baker. Like, did Matt Rule campaign for that? Because I'm like, if that he did, then, then get rid of him. I mean, in a bubble, the, the decision to get Baker was a, probably a good decision for the franchise, right? Sam Darnold, A, got hurt, and B – I mean, he they got they they gave up next to nothing to get him, right? They they gave up a salad well, and a garbage. PJ be worse, shoot. But and they need a quarterback this year. I and mean, PJ Walker isn't the answer either. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, the odds makers and the people who know more than I do raised Carolina's win total when they went from Sam Darnold to to Baker Mayfield because they feel like his talent is superior. <laughs> But these are the top two quarterbacks drafted in that draft class. So it's, you know, not only have they drafted a quarterback, they essentially have now two of them, and they can't win with either. And so maybe it's the quarterback talent, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's the scheme. Maybe it's other things as well. Uh, either way, Carolina probably needs to move on from all of this mess and start over. That's a fair point. When we come back, 
Um, we're going to tip our caps and tea um, cups to London as Brian Dable's Giants got a big win and spoiled a Packers record. Interesting. Also, Buccaneers avoided a comeback in a way that only the Zebras and Tom Brady could do. Plus, we'll talk Cowboys and Eagles and Trevor Lawrence. We're right back at the Pack Show, AM Drive on Action Monday. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies, $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the Vice Golf guy? Yeah. You want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a Pro Plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Welcome back to the AM Drive here on this Action Monday. We are presented by Fanatics. If you want the best apparel and merchandise from your favorite teams, players, and leagues, you've got to go to MikeAndAaronDrive.com and do what, Sammy? Click the F. That's right. Click the F. When you click the F, the entire Fanatics experience is at your disposal. Today's daily deal, by the way, 65% off site-wide with code Dr. Pepper. Go over there. Get your merchandise for 65% off. You might find some good deals out there. I'm telling you, that's a great website. Again, great merchandise. But please, please don't go to NFL shop. Don't go to NBA store, whatever, whatever. MikeAndAndrive.com. Click the Fanatics logo. I'm telling you, it's all right there. You won't miss it. It's it's awesome. Go just there. The, just put the doctor order, Mike. That was, that was right. <laughs> put some Dr. Pepper in your life. Good Lord. Um, The London games. Oh, man, me and Aaron just wish that these things would stop and not, like, be a thing anymore. But they're still a thing, so we get it. Um, It's money talks, right, Sammy? For sure. And we get the opportunity to go over to England and play the national anthem, a song about us actually beating them in a war in their own stadium. What's better than that? That's rough. I'm surprised Madden doesn't have the London games. I'm sure they will. I know, right? And will we have Germany this year, too? Yeah, there's a German game this year. Ugh. That's just dumb. They they like they don't they love soccer. Like we gotta stop this crap. Um, 
But yeah, Giants did rally and beat the Packers. Packers actually, in terms of regular season wins, were one win away from the Chicago Bears. I don't know how the heck it's taken this long to catch the Chicago Bears' regular season win total, but Packers must have been terrible or the Bears must have never lost a game for like 20 years because this is insane. Anyways, Packers could not um, tie them up with that. So Brian Dable and the Giants played spoiler. Saquon Barkley, obviously him being healthy is a big deal. But, Sammy, I will say it again. This Brian Dable fellow might be the quarterback whisperer, dude. I mean, this guy has taken Josh Allen, who I'll say it again, might have been worse out of college than Deion Jones was. If you look at where they were drafted, look at Josh Allen, he was a project, just a, a guy with a big arm and legs. And, wow, he's insane now. Deion Jones was a guy who looked like he was lost half the time. But you look at his coaching now, Daniel Jones looks so much better. Giants have so much more energy. And like Matt LaFleur said, we got outcoached in the second half. For sure they got outcoached. Brian Dable put on an absolutely coaching clinic against them. Uh, and, you know, you, it's funny, too, because I don't know what happened to Aaron Rodgers. The guy playing at MVP level, even just last year, can't, can't hit open receivers. He took a terrible sack when they were in field goal range. That would have put him up two scores. I mean, yeah. simple mistakes that guys like Aaron Rodgers just don't make. Uh, he, he he has made, in the, in, especially in this game, uh, and he hasn't looked good all year. I don't know. I don't know if it's a new receiving core or what's going on. And, and you know, maybe it's the psychedelics he's taking. I can't really be sure, but <laughs> something is different. Like he he's just not performing at a high level. And you know, maybe Father Time's caught to him a bit. It, it could be all a combination of all those things. But yeah, David was good, and and Aaron Rodgers was not. So I'm not going to go with Father Time, but Sammy, something about the way Aaron Rodgers is playing and the way Matt LaFleur is coaching, it's almost like they know the receivers are not on the same page. And you can blame some of that on Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, obviously, because you preparation's a big thing. And obviously Tom Brady, if there's one thing he's always is, it's prepared. And Aaron Rodgers obviously likes some time to himself and likes to be the superstar sometimes. And that cost him a lot of times. But in this game, I'm watching, I'm like, it almost seemed like they were on the same page. Like I see, I can still like see those accurate throws. I'm like, God, oh, how does he fit that in that hole? And the next play, I'm like, oh, well, where that well, who was that to? It's almost like they're not on the same. Like this way, he's force feeding it to Randall Cobb until Randall Cobb slows down every single game. But I do feel like I don't know why they got rid of the run game too. Now, the run game has got they are so focused on the run early. It's abandoned in the second half. I don't get it. Yeah, this is a team that has to run the ball 25 times a game in order to have success, right? You have to get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones off to good starts so you can set up play action, which is the opposite of the way Aaron Rodgers has always conducted his offense in years past, right? Uh, they used to run, they used to throw the ball, and that would set up the run, give them you know a secondary option. Now uh, it seems like if the run game falters even just a little bit, they don't have an offense really to rely on. Uh, and that's what happened in the second half of this game, where they couldn't run the ball. And then so they forced Aaron Rodgers to throw, and Aaron Rodgers couldn't really throw. I mean, Randall Cobb was open and nobody else. Uh, gosh, it, I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to watch. But every Packers game I've watched, I see them win. But I'm always like, this isn't a good team. I, I, it's something about them. They just don't put their foot on the gas. Uh, and they struggle to put away teams. I like to think it will get better because Christian Watson has got to be better than he's been. He, he's not been great. Romeo Dobbs has had a few flashes, but even he was like, eh. I just, I do. I mean, he went to Mercedes Lewis for the first time since 2020 for a touchdown. 
Well, that's that's an issue. Well, I don't know. I, and again, I'll blame Aaron Rodgers for it too, because you can't really, you can't be this cocky, you know, jerk who's on the end all be all when you've got one ring. There's a bunch of young guys who need your help to be better. Again, Tom Brady is not more talented than you, but he sure will work harder than you. And he will he would have these young receivers at least on somewhat of the same chapter. These guys aren't in the same book right now. Yeah, the fall the fall off just from losing really Devontae Adams, the fall off has been unbelievably drastic. I mean, again, this guy won the MVP the last two years with you know amazing, amazing stats, accuracy, no interceptions, all of that stuff. And where is it gone? And what happened? It's it's not there this year. And look, they're they're still sitting atop their division, right? They're they're still winning games. The right. the ship hasn't sailed. It's not over yet. I mean, they, they can certainly write this to be a playoff team. And the NFC is wide open. So it's not like yeah. they're far behind. But the just the optics of right now, I mean, sometimes you can look at a team and just see, wow, this team is really good. Like the Eagles, they just look really good. And you look at a team like the Packers, and they really don't. And they just don't look like a good team. One of the last things I do want to say, Sammy, about this game is Daniel Jones. Sammy, I, I predicted before the season he would have his best year and I believe Brian Dable will find something. Timmy, I 1,000% believe at this moment after week five, and I don't even know if this is an overreaction Monday, I think Brian Dable's going to keep him for another year. I mean, if they're winning, they're already got like, what, four wins? The first time it's like, tw- like 2009 when they were 5 and oh, it's their best start since then. Like, that shows you they're not going to have a super high draft pick to get a Bryce Young or somebody like that. So if you want Arch Manning, sure, wait for him. But I think Brian Dable was going to keep his – draft a wide receiver, number one, because the defense line with Kayvon Thibodeau looks insane. They look good. I would say draft the number one for Daniel Jones and see what you can do next year and then go for a quarterback. Well, the economics of it are, are not going to work out wonderful for the Giants. Because this is his prove-it year, if they're going to keep Daniel Jones, they got to keep him for a couple years, right? you got to sign him to a two-, three-, five-year contract. And, and like I said, with the guarantee contracts that quarterbacks are, are asking for, it will be difficult to just keep him for one year. So I don't know if Daniel Jones will improve enough to say let's keep him for the next three years. Right. Uh, and, and to be fair, I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback that, that you want for three years. But, again, if Brian Dable can make these major strides with him and they make a playoff run, it makes it hard to get rid of him. So – uh, the, the Giants are going to get kind of trapped here. Also, if they continue to win football games, which it looks like they may, uh, although their next upcoming schedule is brutal. Um, oh. This game is supposed to be a loss, and they have others that are really tough too coming up. Uh, if they make the playoffs and they don't get a good draft pick, they can't draft a quarterback anyway. So so it becomes one of those things where do we want to stay in this mediocre range where we like just make the playoffs and don't really threaten for a championship, or do we want to be terrible for a while get a good franchise quarterback and then be good for a while, right? Like that's the the Andrew Luck thing, right? So uh, the, the, the obviously Brian Dable wants to win every game because he's a new coach, wants to make a new culture, uh, but it may end up trapping the Giants in some mediocrity that they can't get out of for a while, and that, that's hard. Sammy, and unfortunately standing in their way is the Cowboys and the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, Sammy, I'll say I've said this for a couple of weeks now. This Cowboys defense might be getting to the all-time. I mean – I, and I told Aaron before this game happened that Rams look like they're like they're they're complacent. And, and I, Sean McVay looks completely like he he can't inspire this team because they got their ring. That's all I see with this team. But that being said, this Cowboys team has shut down every single 
opponent they faced. And Cooper Rush has had to do nothing. I mean, you could argue, well, he's been good. Screw that. His defense, you give up three, four, six points a game. Yeah, you're going to freaking win every single game. This is insane. This Cowboys defense is insane. Eagles, of course, held off the Cardinals who look just like they don't study film. What do you take on the NFC East? I mean, I, I think I think Cowboys could honestly win the East, but that's just banging on the fact that Eagles do fall off a tad bit at the end of the season. I don't know if the Eagles fall off or not, but I will say this. Uh, just to talk on that game for a quick second. Right. Kyler Murray cost that team a win yesterday. Yep. Because you have to know where you're sliding in late game situations. The guy could have dove headfirst, gotten the first down, spiked the ball, and given them three shots at the end zone for a win. Secondly, you have to know what down it is. Because if you if you slide and you fall short, and now it's second down, and then you spike on third down, you leave your team in a situation where you have to kick a field goal on fourth down, and you get no shots at the end zone. So he makes two critical mental errors at the end of a football game and then, of course, they missed the field goal to further, you know, exemplify his wonderful play. <laughs> that is just criminal for a quarterback. You cannot do those things. Now, his athleticism got him in that position, so he deserves some credit. But, God, those were two terrible plays that cost them a chance at a win uh, and certainly made the field goal a lot more difficult. So, but the Eagles catch a break. They they stay undefeated, and they were definitely the better team in this game, getting off to an early lead and, you know, kind of not playing great in the second half but doing enough to win. Uh, but, yeah, you're right about the Cowboys' defense, man. They, they are a juggernaut that, that definitely will carry this team all year long. I hate to make this joke because I'm not going to say a Kyler Murray just doesn't watch film, but maybe if he watched a little bit more, he doesn't do those stupid things. I'm just saying. I like Kyler Murray. I, mean, I thought he was – he made those in college where I'm like, oh, wow. But that, that's why he's a ba- – you can tell he's a baseball player sometimes, but then other times it's like, you idiots. So – I've watched a lot of Kyler Murray, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like him. Uh, and not, wow. not, I, think, I think he's a good – I'm sure he's a fine person. But a lot of his game style is let's drop back to pass, let me sit back there for as long as I can, and then let me scramble around for a few seconds while guys lost. work downfield. It, it doesn't look like a choreographed play. He was it lost, looks like, yeah. yeah. It looks like let me see what happens when things break down and guys get open because they can't cover receivers for six seconds, I will continue to just scramble around back there until somebody breaks free. It just doesn't look like he's throwing into tight windows and making big plays. Instead, it looks like he's harping on his athleticism to keep him upright long enough for guys to break free. And that works sometimes, and it doesn't work a lot of times. And you can see that defenses have kind of figured it out a little bit because he has not played well this year not nearly as well as he's played last year. And we can joke about the, the film study and all the Madden and Call of Duty he plays, but I, I just think his play style is is that more of like a backyard college game than it is of a pro style. And that and that's where I, I, I differ from. I think he's good. I don't think he's good. And I blame Cliff Kingsbury for that too. Because, I mean, you know, you you want to let this guy free and all, but like, if y'all don't get a handle on him, I mean, they only, they only apologized for putting that in his contract. But that's the team literally saying to the fans, we're going to be, like you said with the Giants, just good enough for a couple years. We're going to have, we're going to always be competitive, but we're never going to win a big dance. And so if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm like, why am I watching this team? Like, who cares? Like, seriously. Like, if this is all, Cliff Kingsbury will be good, but not good enough. Conor Murray will be good, but not good enough. 
And then you're going to get beat by the 49ers and the Rams every year. Who cares? Honestly. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be this offensive genius, and he did some great things in, in college. And and last year, they were undefeated for quite a long time with this very odd style that they play. But if you look at the way the Ravens handle Lamar Jackson, the, the usage of his legs and the, the scheme they put together to try to it make it very, difficult on defenses, very, yeah. right? Uh, Structured. Cliff Kingsbury has done none of that stuff, right? He's basically throwing up plays with rocks and sticks in the backyard <laughs> and saying, here, you, you run around in this area, right? Hollywood Brown, you get open, keep yeah, working. You, play, you know, keep, and do this and this. Yeah, right, right. Keep looking back at the ball and you'll see when Tyler breaks free, we'll see if we can hit a big play for you. Uh, it just looks so unorganized. And, you know, it, when it works, it looks it looks amazing, right? It's a great highlight. Right. But in terms, in terms of actually choreographing a 10-play drive where you – grind out tough yards and make first downs and keep and defense. The defense. Yeah. Like it, it just does. It just doesn't work for me. And uh, it doesn't seem to be working for them because they can't seem to get a lead, right? They're down two touchdowns every single game. And then they have to play this backyard style just to get back to even. But uh, yep. yeah, I mean, good for the Eagles, man. I'm happy for the Eagles. They're playing wonderful football. Their defense has been absolutely outstanding. And their run game is one of the most difficult in, in the league to stop. Cause again, they're structured. They're using Jalen Hurts in a way that makes defenses have to defend against him, which then opens up those two amazing receivers to and make Miles big Sanders. plays. Yeah, and, and yeah, so I mean, everybody makes big plays in that team. They'll run into the Cowboys, I think, this week actually, where wow. the defense won't be so easy to to manipulate. Uh, and we'll see. I, I actually think the Cowboys are a little bit better than the Eagles overall, but without Dak and an offense that can that can stretch the field, it's a little bit difficult. But uh, yeah, I mean, those two teams are definitely leaps and bounds ahead of the Giants right now, and the Giants are playing good football too. Agreed. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so the graphic, for those of you watching or even listening, actually, just not my goat. And that's obviously my graphic. But, Sammy, I was watching this game live at, at the very tail end, and, yeah, people are going to talk about the roughing the passer, which is obviously just horrible. But two plays or flags or non-flags before that, you saw A.J. Terrell kind of, you know, stick Mike Evans at the line of scrimmage. And, like, Mike Evans runs, like, a three-yard crossing route. And they call a defensive holding us. And Daryl Johnston is like, well, hold on now. He's like, that's within five yards. And he didn't really hinder him at all. The next, like, play or two, the Buccaneers do the dumbest play call. Talk about, like, dumb decisions. This stopped the clock so the Falcons could preserve an extra timeout. And they took a shot. And, uh, and like, the guy might have got there a little bit early on the pass to um, that Scotty Miller guy. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that was a makeup call. And then Grady Jarrett, oh, I felt so bad. I thought he was going to kill a referee. I'm, I'm not lying. He, I, Because even I wanted to kill a referee. I slammed my bad frame. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This man goes for the waste of Tom Brady. Brings him down, jumps while Tom Brady's elbowing him out of the way. Grady's here, leaps over so he doesn't even hit him again after the play's over. And they call a flag. Simi, how do you excuse that? There are people that literally call this guy the GOAT. And I have seen so many calls just like this. And it reads itself head again. So I think I think you're putting the blame on the wrong person, right? So I... While Tom Brady was the beneficiary of this bad oh, officiating in two of the three plays, he was the victim of one of them. Uh, the the referee made this exact same call for Josh Allen last year. 
Right? Josh Allen, who, who's a more of a running quarterback, a little bit less fragile than Brady, gets sacked. And in the same type of fashion, Bogard throws the flag, feeling like the defender threw him. It yeah, was Boger. a ridiculous – Yeah, Boger. A, a ridiculous call then, a ridiculous call now. But the real, the real culprit here is the NFL, right? The NFL needs to find a way to hold these referees accountable when they make such egregious calls. In a world where sports betting is a thing, and they, the NFL talks up sports betting like crazy, Yep. In a world where fantasy stats are a thing, and the NFL has NBC has basically put a whole segment together every every week for fantasy football. You, you just can't have referees ruining the game like this. And this was the big black eye on the NFL this week. I mean, the the down the stretch stuff in this game was was appalling. And you guys know I'm a big Brady fan, so I'm not. If I'm saying that Brady's getting the benefit of a call, like obviously I want him to succeed. And I still thought it was one of the worst calls in the history of football. Because there was literally nothing else that Grady Jarrett could do to sack Tom Brady and not get called for a flag. Like there was literally nothing that guy could do. And I, I was rooting for the you know the Bucks and Brady to win, and I wanted to see Atlanta get the ball back. And right. so yeah, I'll just, just play that perfectly. Yeah, I just want to see good football, right? So uh, the referees affecting the outcome, you know, with, whether it be replay or penalty, is just something the NFL cannot stand by. And they get they do nothing about it. You know, Jerome Boger did did answer for it. He did come on uh, on camera and say what he felt. The NFL did say it was the wrong call. They did. They did say. Okay, well, what does that do? But it does nothing, right? Exactly your point, right? It does absolutely nothing. Uh, And so the NFL has to find a way to fix this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they they reassess the concussion protocol. They need to reassess some of the roughing the passer stuff. I mean, in the end, this is still. This is not touch football, right? These guys are allowed to hit each other. That is the that is the sport we watch, right? Um, yep. And what's really what's really funny is Lamar Jackson gets slammed down in the game last night in a far worse fashion than Brady. And Mike Tirico mentioned that too. He, he did, and and there was not even like a sniff of a flag. Like no one even looked at it. Like oh, they should even consider a flag. Of course they shouldn't consider a flag. Probably because Lamar Jackson is not nearly as fragile, and he's a running quarterback. But no. yeah, it it it's, it was so egregious and such a such a black eye. I mean, I watched that game live and it literally felt like throwing up in my mouth when I watched the flag. I was like, I was "What the? I'm cost. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible. I don't like that Tom Brady also like like whines like just like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Like, dude, you got tackled. Period. Like, shut up for ten seconds. I'm. He's like a basketball player. Like, what are you like? What this is not basketball. You cannot complain to the refs. It's over. Like, shut up. I, I didn't see oh. him complain to the, I didn't see him complain to the ref. I did see him push oh, Brady was... Jarrett off him, uh, which in itself is fine. I mean, Tom Brady's a fiery guy, he's very competitive. And oh. if a guy's accidentally wants to like, I don't have a problem with him pushing Grady Jarrett off him, but well, he uh, helped, he I, helped. that was that was dirty when he did it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't he didn't hurt him. He literally just you know, get off me, dude. Like. I, I don't have a problem with that kind of intensity and that kind of competitiveness, but the the flag, the flag never should. I mean, it shouldn't even it shouldn't have even been considered. It was just a brutal a brutal way for what would have been a good ending to a good football game. And they, they, those of us seem played hard, and we as fans and those players got robbed of of an opportunity to see a good ending because of the refs. And Arthur that's just Smith game, was Arthur Smith was so mad. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the stuff that cost you your job. Like, God, you, you're kidding me, right? He I, was I like. I used to write a segment every week about bad referee play and bad replays. And luckily this year, we haven't had a lot of either. There haven't been a lot of replays that have cost games. There hasn't been a lot of bad refing. This is really one that shines bright, though, because we haven't had a lot. 
Now this one comes out and you're like, oh, this is terrible. But this used to happen every week. So the NFL has gotten better. I will give them credit for that. But this was so terrible. Right. Tomorrow's Top 5 Tuesday. This is the AM Drive. But before we do that, let's get to our final topic presented by Pick'emores. Go to pickamores.com slash podcast. And many picks get to spread every week for free. By clicking that link, you go to you support our show when you sign up. I was once again not very good. Even my double down in college football did not hit, but somebody won like 500 bucks in college football. Two people won 300 bucks a piece in NFL. I'm stupid. But this last topic presented by Pickamores.com slash podcast, Trevor Lawrence. Eh? We've heard a lot about Trevor Lawrence, and I'll be honest, Doug Peterson had him looking good. But Trevor Lawrence just looks like he's not I want to see because obviously he makes some throws that are great. There are other times I'm like, dude, like he throws brutal interceptions a lot. And this is another example when when his team scored six more points than you and me did. So I'm very torn on Trevor Lawrence because on one hand, he's probably the best quarterback the Jaguars have had maybe ever, and certainly since Mark <laughs> Nick, right? Uh, so so th- this guy is a franchise quarterback, and he does make them significantly better than they have been in the last. 20 years, 15 years, whatever. But on the other hand, and this this stat came as a little bit of a shock to me, Trevor Lawrence went 38-2 and in college, and he's won a handful of games as a pro. And it was shocking to me to find out that in zero of those games, zero, in 40-something wins, has he orchestrated a come-from-behind victory where he needed a touchdown on the last drive of the game. And now – it's not, it's not like that happens every game, right? But right. guys like Brady, Mahomes, you know, Favre, Rodgers, the good ones, the great ones, find a way to will their team to victory in those spots. Trevor Lawrence has not only never done it, but he's looked awful every single time he's had the opportunity to do it, including against what's not a very good Texans defense. He had two opportunities, down seven with the ball in his hands, knowing he needs to throw. Terrible drive, terrible drive. One, I think, ended in a pick. One was just a turnover. The last one was a pick, I think. Yeah, and never got across midfield. And this makes the eighth and ninth time, I think, in his NFL career he's had this opportunity. He's 0 for 9. Uh, And it's just – it's getting to a point where we have to consider that he's just not that elite, right? He was supposed to be the next coming of Peyton Manning, but he's not. (laughs) He's not going to be the guy who's going to carry you and will you to victory especially when defenses know he has to throw. And until he can get that gene, that confidence, I just don't know that he can be anything better than a middle-of-the-road middle quarterback, which, again, is to say he's still probably better than anything Jacksonville's had in the last 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, man, I, I feel for him a little bit because uh, I want him to be good. I, I do, but – He's got great hair. Out. I mean, he'd be a great, great marketing yeah, I, I'm surprised that, that this is a, the problem that he's having. Of all the things that could have been his problem, this was the one I didn't suspect. So uh, mm-hmm. I saw a few people post about this over the last few weeks, and they're right. I mean, he's just – he's lacking that quote-unquote clutch gene, right? That that killer instinct when when everything relies on his shoulders, he kind of crumbles to the pressure. Yeah. A la Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield, same, same exact thing. Could never win that game. And sometimes, like when you lock on, to, like he locks on to his first read a couple of times, and it'll cost him picks. You can't do it, man. Just if you're gonna lock on and make him just throw it, just do it. Right across Russell Wilson, like when he missed KJ Hamler, and then we threw the interception to Stephon Gilmore. It's like, 
you, you make a decision, dude. It's quick. Well, I, one of the – I forget if it was Brady or if it was Favre. One of the guys was asked, like, how do you do so many of these fourth-quarter drives? And one of them said – I want to say it was actually probably Brady who said, I don't worry about the touchdown. I worry about a positive first down play, right? Give me oh. eight yards. Give me, give me, give me fifteen yards on that first play. Get the momentum going. And you saw it in the Super Bowl where Brady wins against the Rams, back, 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 twenty years ago. You know they get the ball with like two minutes to play on their own twenty, and the first play is like an eight yard out to the running back, right? Then it's right. a seven yard in to one of the receivers. Then it was an eight yard out to the running back, right? He's nickel and diming them, but moving them forward until he gets the big play to Troy Brown, which gets them into field goal range. You know, just getting the momentum, moving the moving the chains in that situation is so important. And Trevor Lawrence wants to throw the 30-yard pass on first down, puts his team in that spot on second down when he misses, and now the, the, the drive crumbles. And so uh, I don't know if it's a Brady mentality or an offensive coordinator thing, but somebody needs to corral this youngster and say, look, man, when you get into this spot, let's just get something positive. Let's just move the chains a few times. Then we'll worry about taking some shots downfield. Right. Tomorrow's Top 5 Tuesday. My talk a little baseball on Jambalaya Wednesday. Aaron will be back. Thanks, Sammy. Have a good day, everybody. My pleasure, my friend. See you soon.